Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our lead pastor, Dr. Phil Willingham. And tonight's question is a very simple question that just simply asks the question, is anything too hard for God? Is anything, now listen, when, when we read that question, we understand that, that particularly for a Christ follower, we know that any challenge that we experience, any difficult that we walk through, listen, they are never challenges for God. You understand that? There, 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 there's nothing that you and I will ever encounter that God will say, oh, I, I, I've never seen that before. Never had to deal with that before, right? But what challenges do, now listen, what challenges do, they challenge us of whether or not we are going to trust God. The challenges that we experience, listen, they're challenges that we face. They're about how deep is our faith, really. It's not about God. It's not about His power. It's not about whether or not He's sufficient or not. But, but the question that, that we have to answer, can, can, can I still exercise faith when life seems to be throwing everything it has at me? You understand? How many has been there? Can, can, I, can I still hold on to God and operate in faith even though it appears I'm being overwhelmed by grief, by sadness, by difficulty, by broken relationships, by financial issues? And we look at this question tonight. It's found in the book of Genesis, chapter 18. Most of us in this room are, are a little bit familiar with Abraham and Sarah, of how that God came to Abraham and told Abraham that even though he was an older man at that time, about 90 years of age, that, that he and Sarah was going to have a child. And that Abraham and Sarah, even though they were both past the age of bearing a child, God says, I, I, I want, I'm going to come to you and you're going to raise up a seed and out of that seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 18 in verse 1. The Bible said, the Lord appeared. And I say appeared. Now what's that? Many, many times when God speaks to us or God shows up to us, it's many times it's through an, an, an angelic visit particularly in the Old Testament. God was constantly visiting the people of God by sending angels. The Bible said the Lord appeared to, to, uh, appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Merim while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Now, what's this? Abraham was a man that, that understood that, that an awareness of the presence of God is so important. That, that when you and I have an opportunity to, to engage God, as soon as Abraham saw these three men, he knew there was something different about them. He knew that there was something angelic about them. He knew that perhaps this was God visiting him and something was going to take place. 
So when he saw them, he hurried and he bowed to the Lord. He said, if I found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass my servant, pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and then you may wa- that you may wa- all wash your feet and rest under the tree. Now remember last week, Pastor Matt made mention that particularly in the Old Testament, even the New Testament, the, 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 the spirit of hospitality, the, the willingness to, to invite people into your house was something that just resonated within people. And, and many times they wouldn't wait for people to come and knock on the door. They literally, like Abraham was, he's sitting at, the st- at his tent at the entrance and he's looking, he's expecting God to send somebody by or maybe a, a, a stranger would come by. So, so these guys come in. And I, I would just, I, the, the, the rest of the verses are there. He said, let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed. And then go your way now and that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, and do as they say. Now let me skip down to, to verse 9 real quickly. They, 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 these men, angels, said, where's, where's your wife Sarah? They asked him. They're in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old. Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? You know, Sarah is basically looking at these angels and, and thinking to herself, What you talking about, Okay. What, 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 explain yourself. I, listen, I, I, I'm way past the, that, that time of burial. Abraham is certainly there. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? And here, here's, a, here's our question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now just, this, just think, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at an appointed time next year and Sarah We'll have a son. Now, most of us in this room knows the story that Abraham and Sarah bore Ishmael uh, through, through a handmaiden, but ultimately God fulfilled his promise. It's about 25 years later. Abraham's going to be 100. Sarah's going to be 90 years old. And Isaac is born the promised child. So we understand that. But, but I want to focus on the fact of the question because, listen, many of us in this room tonight, some of us watching on the line, we've got circumstances in our life, and we say, Pastor, I want to believe the promise of God. I, I want to hold on to what God says, but, but you don't know how difficult my situation is. Come on, you ever felt that way? You don't know what I'm dealing with. Is anything to the hard for the Lord? Now, if we just let Jeremiah answer this question, Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 32 and 17, Almighty Lord, you made heaven and earth by your great strength and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And if we come to the New Testament, we let Jesus answer that question. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Okay, is anything too hard for the Lord? Jeremiah said, there's nothing too hard for thee. And Jesus says, with God, all things are possible, okay? Let's go home. Let's just quit. Come on, right there, we just stop. Because listen, this is the answer. But here's what we're going to, how do we get there? How, how do we move away 
from asking the question or having the question asked about us in our circumstance and in our situation to move to the point and say, yes, God, I believe there's nothing too hard for you. Yes, God, I believe with you all things are possible. So I, I gave you a working definition of what impossible means. Impossible means something that is incapable of being done, attained, fulfilled, are an overwhelming difficulty. Now, what's, listen, listen. What's your overwhelming difficult or circumstance tonight? What is it? Because that's an impossibility. For some people, it may be an adult child that, that's going in the wrong direction. For other people, it may be a relationship, maybe a marriage, it may be somebody they're dating. For, for other people, it might be some physical ailment or, or something that's going on. Listen, we, we, we understand that the categories of impossibilities never end in our culture today, right? They go on and on and on. But listen, the Bible says whatever the obstacle, whatever the situation, you and I can have great news. Why? Because listen, God is able. Come on, say that with me. God is able. So how do we get there? Come on, say that with me. How do I get there? Because I want to be there, right? Come on. I, I want to get to the place in my life so that when I face an overwhelming difficulty, when, when I face a situation in my life that seem, seems absolutely so big and so strong that I can stand and say, God, I trust you. So write this, write this down. Listen, I put this in your notes. What if? Everybody say, what if? What if we saw these overwhelming difficulties or circumstances what if we saw them as great opportunities only disguised as impossible situations? Now think about that. What if, what if in your health, relationship, finances, job, whatever, what if we saw these overwhelming difficulties or circumstances in our life? What if we saw them as great opportunities but they're disguised as impossible situations? Because oftentimes they are. They come to us wrapped in the, 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 the disguise or wrapped in the garment or wrapped in the situation where they seem like they're totally impossible situations. But because of my faith and my trust in a God that is able to do everything and all things, I see them as great opportunities. So that's the first step. How, how would I get there? The first step is I start looking at my difficulties differently. I start viewing what I'm engaged in, what I'm walking through, what God is allowing. Not God sending, but God is allowing in this broken world. I start seeing these difficulties, these circumstances as just great opportunities. But they're disguised in impossible situations. There's two words about God, or there's two things that I think that will help us be able to get there. And the first one is, is, is understand the God of history. See, see, for you and I in this culture in 23 of the, the 23rd year, the 21st century, for you and I to be able to stand in this culture and say, I believe that there's nothing impossible for God to do. We, we have to understand that that faith has to be based upon the history of God. Come on, help me. It has to be based on what, what has God already done in the past? How has he proven himself? 
historically, you, all you have to do is historically start reading the Old and the New Testament and understand that with God, nothing's impossible and there's nothing too hard for him. God has come through time and time again. Matter of fact, theologians say there's about 80 miracles in the Old Testament where God does the impossible. Listen, that where, where God shows up in the midst of what seemed like a totally undoable situation, and he does the, the, the undoable. He, he works a miracle. 80 times in the Old Testament, at least are 80 times in the New Testament. Now, we're going to be here a while tonight because we're going to go through 160. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you started getting nervous. And I said, I didn't bring my pajamas to sleep yet. No, I, I, I just want you to look at, and I'm not going to preach every one of these, but in the book of John, everybody say the book of John. If you ever, if you ever engage somebody that's, that's searching for Jesus and, and saying, hey, I want to read the Bible, where do I start? Listen, the Gospel of John is the best book in the New Testament to start reading to be able to engage the personhood and the character and the heart of who God is through his son, Jesus Christ. In the book of John alone, he records seven miracles that, that shows Jesus' astonishing power over things that look like it stumped everybody else and it seemed like it was impossible. In John chapter 2, verse 12, it was a wedding at Canaan. Jesus shows up and he demonstrates power over quality. Now think about it. the very first miracle that Jesus did. They are at this wedding that Jesus got invited to a wedding. Now listen, that alone lets me know Jesus wasn't a joy killer. Do you want somebody sad and gloomy and a downer to come to your wedding celebration? You want joyful people, don't you? You don't want knuckleheads that's going to grind and complain. Listen, Jesus got invited to a wedding. They end up running out of wine. The servants come to Jesus and say, listen, they don't have wine. He said, take six pots, fill it up with water, take it to the master, take it to the head waiter, let him taste it. And when that waiter put the wine up or, or the water up to his lips, the water had turned to wine, but it just wasn't wine. The Bible said, the waiter said, the head waiter said, this is the best wine we've had. Power over quality. You're talking about God giving you the best. What would happen this year if we stopped thinking about, well, if I could just get by. If I could, what if you started living your mindset with God? I, I want, I want the, the quality. I want the best of everything that you've got for me in my life. In, in John chapter 4, he demonstrates power over distance. There's a, there's a Roman a royal official. He, he, he's, he lives in Cana. He comes up to Jesus in, in Capernaum. And, and he comes to Cana. His son's in Capernaum. And he says, Jesus, would you heal my son? Now listen, there's about 20 miles in distance of where Jesus is and where the son is. And without traveling all night, without walking all day, without getting on a donkey, anywhere. Jesus just simply said, go back home and your son's going to live. And this, without moving, Jesus worked a miracle. Without moving, he worked a miracle. Well, if I just had Jesus with me, he is with you. You understand that? Well, I could just see him. He's with you. There's no distance. That's the reason why we can pray for people in Ohio being in Indiana. We can pray for people in Alabama being in Indiana or vice versa. Why? There's no distance with God. 
God doesn't say, oh, I tell you what, that's too far. No, no, no. Jesus proved his power over quality, over distance. In John chapter 5 and verse 8, he proved his, his power over time. A guy laying by the pool of Bethesda is disabled for 38 years. Listen, this guy has been disabled for almost four decades. And Jesus heals him. Well, you don't know how long I've been addicted. You don't know long how, long, how long I've had this problem. It doesn't matter with God's power. You follow me? He's a great God that's full of power. In, in, in uh, John chapter 6, Jesus demonstrates power over quantity. Now, not just quality, but over quantity. He takes five loaves and, and, and two small fishes, and he feeds 5,000 people. Listen, the disciples couldn't even do the math that added up. But Jesus says, listen, there's no problem for me. I can deal with quantity. I can deal with distance. I, I, I can deal with, with the quality of something. I can deal. And listen, and then in, in John chapter 6, he gives, he demonstrates power over nature when he stands up and he rebukes the wind. I got to hurry. And then in John chapter 9, he, he shows his power over misfortune. There's a, there's a man that he's been blind since birth. Oh, I've had this problem a long time, Pastor Phil. Oh, I've been dealing with this addiction for 25 years. Oh, I've been dealing with this hurt, this, this, this hang-up in my life for the life. It doesn't matter. Come on. The God that we serve is able to have power over that if we just believe that with him all things are possible. I wish I was somebody help me preach. Yeah, come on, Pastor. I toot my own horn if I have to tonight. Come on. I know you're getting this. Listen, one more. In John chapter 11, he demonstrates power over death. When he raises Lazarus out of the tomb. Isn't that amazing? Lazarus' sister Mary and Martha, they had lost all hope. But when Jesus shows up, he transformed their impossibility into a perfect opportunity to, be, to glorify God by bringing Lazarus back to life again. What are you saying, Pastor Phil? Listen, all I'm simply saying, the 80 miracles in the Old Testament, the 80 miracles in the New Testament, seven of them, I give you the references. Listen, humanly speaking, each one of these problems seemed as impossible as calculus to a preschooler. But God did it. You follow me? I know some of you that's got small kids, I mean, they bring homework from the first grade, and us adults look at it and say, I don't understand that. Come on, we, I've been there with my grandkids, sure. Listen, but, but to Jesus, listen, to Jesus, the solution was obvious. He understood, listen, he understood what is impossible for us is possible for God. And historically, he has proven time and time again to be greater than all of the impossibilities in our life. Listen, even, even if we've been hurt, God can still bring healing to our lives today. Even if we have been weakened by the battles that we are being in, listen, right now, fighting health issues, whatever, listen, God can give us strength. You believe that? Even when we get knocked down, God is the one that can bring us up and lift us up and bring us back to life again. Listen, if, if, if we have situations in our life 
God can put us in the right direction. There are things that God will do in the midst of our battles, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our testing that reminds us, listen, that, that God is supernaturally powerful over every situation. And because, listen, if, if, if God doesn't do it, it won't get done. How many understand that? And there's times in my life and there's times in your life, listen, there's times I've seen God come through and listen, I just simply have to step back. Listen, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. I don't know how that happened, but thank God. The, the, the other week, Pastor Matt told a little story about sunshine. What he didn't tell her on, on, uh, on a Friday night, that happened on a Tuesday night. We were celebrating my daughter's birthday. Friday night, we went to celebrate my my grandson's birthday and my, my daughter's home. We went to her house and when you walk in her door, they're, they're walking to the, out of the garage. There's two doors. One of them doors goes to a bathroom. The other one goes down to a staircase, wooden stairs. It's probably, you know, 20 stairs or better. It's, it's a good, uh, you know, eight, nine feet down that way, 12 feet if you go all the way out. And Rhonda and I was going on in. Rhonda was there, grandkids. We're all talking, we're talking. Then all of a sudden we hear the, the, you know, it sounds like there's an earthquake happening. Something just real. We knew something had went wrong. And we ran, and, and Amber said, it's sunshine. And we ran and opened. The, the door was open, and there at the foot of the stairs was sunshine laying flat on her face. Her car, head was up, and she wasn't moving. She had fallen all the way down those stairs. And listen, everything in our, man, our heart almost just stopped. We run down there and gradually just pulled and covered back, and she finally started moving. And we got her up. wasn't a broke bone, wasn't a broke neck, wasn't a broke arm. wasn't She had some bruises on her hip, bruising on her leg. But listen, we, we, we got home. I said, honey, that's nothing but the hand of God doing that. People fall all the time and break all kinds of bones. And you know, I don't know how God, I don't know how God covered her, spared her from, from any, but listen, there, there, there are times in our lives when the only thing we can do is just back up and say, you know what, God, you did it. Thank you for doing it. Amen? So we have the God of history. Everybody say the God of history. And listen, time and time again, you can, that's the reason why going to the Word of God and reading about the character and the heart of God and how God works in situations, the reason why it's so important, why it builds our faith. But listen, we need more than history to be able to say, I believe God can do anything. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No, God, there isn't anything too hard. But we not only have the God of history, we have a God of hope. Everybody say hope. So what just Romans 15 and 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope. Now what's the, he fills you with hope, but he says when, with, with joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, when, when, when life seems unbearable, when when we walk through situations that seems unbeatable, God steps in. He does the explainable. Why? Because he's a God of hope. Everybody say that with me. He's the God of hope. See, see, hope enables us to remain connected to God and to others in, 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 in life situations when, when our strength is physically weak. Hope is what enables us to, to remain together 
even when it feels like we're broken apart. Hope is what helps us to heal when we are bruised. Hope is what gives us the idea that there's a bright side somewhere if we just don't stop and give up until we find it. And that hope is found in him. Because, listen, look, look at Romans 15 and 4. For, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have great knowledge. What is this? Through patience and comfort of the scriptures that we might become a know-it-all. What it says? No. Through the patience and comfort of the scriptures that we might have hope. Learning the Bible, reading the Bible isn't so that makes us a know-all. Isn't so, oh, I read the Bible. I've, I can quote Scripture. No, listen, the Bible, listen, is being able through patience and comfort of the Scriptures we might have hope. The Word of God is this inexhaustible supply of comfort and hope. And what, what, what I'm so, so glad to be able to find when I go to, word, to God's Word that the end goal of the Word of God isn't just to give me knowledge or, or just to give me information. The end goal of the Word of God is always to give us hope. And in every situation that we encounter, in every difficulty that we, that, that we go through, listen, we have a choice. We're either going to operate in hope or we're going to operate in fear. Every time. Every time we come to a situation, we need to have reason to look to the future with hope for something to get better, or we're going to fear the future that everything's going to get worse. True? Every situation comes that way. Hope is always a better decision. You believe that? I'll choose hope over fear any day. But here's what I know. Hope can be difficult at times. Because he said that through patience, listen, hope demands patience. We often have to wait for our hopes to be realized in order for that kind of patience to be developed in our lives. Again, Romans 8 and 24 says, For in this hope we are saved, by, but the hope that is seen is no more at all. Who hopes for whatever already have. Who, who hopes for what already they have. But as we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Let's watch this. Listen. It's the comfort of the scriptures that, that gives us that, that kind of hope. In the scriptures, above all other things, we, 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 we walk our way through the Old Testament, New Testament. We just, we just see the faithfulness of God fulfilling his promises in people's lives. Listen, everything that God promised Abraham happened. Everything happened. Oh, there were some delays. There were some denials of, of, of Abraham and Sarah through the time. But listen, everything. Matter of fact, when, when, when Paul writes about Abraham in Romans 4, 19, he said, Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's room was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power. Say that with me. God's got the power. 
Not me. I can't work it up. It's not nothing I can make. God has the power to do exactly what He promised in our life. Listen, in Christ, all of the things which God has promised and, and, and given to us, He fulfills in our lives. So, so listen, so when God makes a promise regarding His care, you'll keep that promise. When God makes a promise regarding His, His protection in our life, He keeps that promise. When God makes a promise concerning the return of Jesus and the resurrection of the dead, that we're going to spend eternity with Him. Listen, God is going to keep that promise. We have every reason through the historical view of God and through the hope of the Scripture that God does what He says and says what He does. And I love that. The comfort comes from what? Learning the Scriptures. I, and I love that. Our God is a God who delights in facing odds that seem against us. Our God is a God who delights in, in putting us and allowing us to be put in situations that seem impossibility. The God of impossibilities will take the troubles of our lives and He transforms them into His triumph for our life. You will understand that. Again, what? Troubles are just camouflage blessings. Think about it. Let me say it. Troubles are camouflage blessings. Let me say it again. Troubles are camouflage blessings. If you believe Romans 8, 28, that God is working all things to the good of those who love the Lord. Every time we have a trouble, every time we have a difficulty, every time we have circumstances that's bigger than us, I've just got to understand, it's only camouflage. I, I don't see the end result. It's, it's camouflage, but in the end, it's going to be a blessing in my life. And I love that. that. Now, sometimes it's not the original intent. Okay, that, that trouble comes to us, the original intent may be to get us give up, maybe make us afraid, maybe make us throw in the towel. But listen, guess what? God always has the last word. <laughs> you understand that? He always gets the final word. He's the Alpha and He's the Omega. He's the beginning and He is the end. He's the first and He's the last. Today, listen. God may have an addendum. You know, most people know if you're sometimes with a contract or something going on, you, you, you have an addendum that's written, that, that's, that's a writer, that's an afterthought, that's an add-on to, to the contract or whatever. Listen, God, God just might have tonight for you an addendum to your situation that you're in right now. And the addendum is to take your troubles and turn them in to his triumph for your life. You believe that? Come on, I want you to stand. I got to quit. Whatever's depressing you, whatever's oppressing you tonight, listen, he can, he can turn your depressions and your oppressions into triumphs. Why? Because he's Jehovah Jireh. God's never been unseated in any battle. You understand that? Everybody say, hope in God. Hope in God. Come on, say it with me. Hope in God. Why? Because God has good plans for you. Come on, say, hope in God. Why? Because God will, will want you to see His goodness going, falling behind you. Somebody say, hope in God. Why? Because of His abundant goodness in our lives is overflowing. Hope in God. Say it. 
Because why? He will fulfill His purpose in your life. Hope in God. Say it. Because He'll complete everything that He starts in your life. Say hope in God. Why? Because listen, your path, when you're trusting Him, will grow brighter and brighter every day if you just stay the course. Don't give up trusting God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And, and here's my challenge tonight. It's in your notes. Why don't you take just a couple moments and pray Jeremiah's prayer regarding impossibility. And the action point is simply very simple. Finish the pray, finish the phrase tonight. Almighty Lord, you made heaven and earth by your great strength and powerful arm. Nothing's too hard for you regarding blank. Nothing's too hard for you regarding whatever you said. Why, why don't you why don't you decide tonight to write down what's the impossibility that you're facing? What are you dealing with right now that, that seems greater, bigger than you? And then decide to commit or surrender that impossibility to the Lord from this day forward. You see, what I've discovered, miracles often happen surprisingly, unexplainingly. And, and, and oftentimes when, when they occur, you never can predict when God's going to say, Now. But miracles happen. God does the unexplainable. But we don't always know when. But at any moment, when because you put your hope and trust in the historical God of who God has demonstrated himself to be, and you hold on to that hope through patience and through the Scripture, that any moment God can just show up and say, okay, now the miracle's going to happen. He transforms that impossibilities to possible and opportunities for him to show Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.